Welcome to a bonus episode of Council. This is going to be a fun one, a deep dive into time management. I asked my Instagram community what they would like me to deep dive into, and I got some fantastic responses, and this is the answer that I've chosen to start with. In-house time management, inbox, calendar, meetings, time blocking, what works for you? Thank you so much to everyone that suggested a topic. I think I've got my content sorted for the rest of the year. So let's jump into it. Time management. I mean, from the outset, time is the only resource that we really have when we're at work. We are there for a particular amount of time that the company has brought from us for uh, for a salary. And we need to use that time in the most the most valuable and the most efficient way that we can. And that's going to look different for every job and at different stages in your career. And it's also going to look different from week to week and day to day, depending on the business needs. So when we think about time as a resource and we think about getting the best use out of that resource, then I think naturally we need to think about managing that time. So let's start with the good old inbox. Now, to be fair, it feels like I have two inboxes running at any one time because I have my Gmail and we also use Slack. Now, for those that aren't familiar with Slack, it is an internal communication tool. It's much more relaxed and informal, but I'm not going to lie. The culture has shifted to sometimes where it feels like another inbox and I can come back to my desk after lunch and I've got X number of new emails and X number of new Slack messages. So that's an interesting evolution in corporate land and one that I think we're probably all navigating because at what point does inbox become redundant to Slack or vice versa? And I think there's an opportunity there for workplaces to set boundaries and rules around how you communicate to each other internally and when you use different resource or sorry different platforms but that's a different topic when it comes to inbox and slack here are my thoughts oh I have so many (laughs) look firstly if you want to do any deep work you have to shut both of them down there's no other way you cannot see that little red icon or that little number pop up with a new inbox a new email because it's going to distract you I don't care how disciplined you are You are going to click and it takes about 20 minutes to get back on track into deep focused work after you've been distracted. So you must turn down or turn off that browser, shut down that slack and get comfortable with the fact that people won't be able to reach you for that time. And I have also used an out of office for short periods of time as well. Don't be afraid to put on an internal out of office that suggests that you're doing some deep work and we'll we'll check your inbox um, at a particular hour in the day. For Slack, you can update your status and I would recommend that as well. And let's not forget if something is truly, truly urgent, which however, it's not really that often, but if it was, people can call. People can call you. Don't forget that. Okay, more specifically, when we're looking at inbox, I use folders really effectively. I have a couple of folders that sit just under my inbox and I've used asterisks to kind of pop them up to the top so that they uh, alphabetically are at the very top of the left-hand column. I have three folders that sit at the top. I have to do today, 
to do this week and to do next week. Now, when I get a new email, I am triaging instantly and putting it into one of those three folders if I can't respond in five minutes or less. If I can just quickly bash it out, I will do that and it's done. Or I will triage into today, this week or next week. Don't be afraid to use use scheduled send as well. It can be a really great tool to do the work if it's a quick thing, but to set realistic boundaries with your colleagues and and with uh, external parties so that they don't really think that you're there all the time responding really quickly like you kind of did. (laughs) But you can set boundaries and scheduled send to to send that email later in the day or later in the week, however is you know feels appropriate. And and if you're a people manager, this is a really useful tool because we often think of things out of hours that we might want to send an email to check in on a particular thing. You've got to really be mindful about the the recipient, the person within your team who reports to you that's seeing an email from you at 10 p.m. and thinking the next morning, oh my gosh, should I have not responded straight away? Should I maybe be checking my emails after hours? Look, that, that's some work there for that particular person to do on, on maybe their boundaries and their confidence and, and for you as the people manager to set those clear expectations. But what I would suggest is using scheduled send. So have the thought, send the message to follow up, but make it so that the email arrives in the inbox at 8.42 or 9.05, whatever feels appropriate. So if we're thinking about triaging our emails and we've put them into folders, I think the next thing that is uh, naturally flows from there is to be checking those folders and to be doing the work and moving the, the, I suppose, the email task from, say, this week to next week or back or from this week to today. And that's something I like to do at the end of the day. At the end of every day, I always go and check what's coming up in my diary. What are my three non-negotiables for the next day? I write those down, actually write that down on a to-do list. It just feels really nice when you get to tick it off and you're coming in with a nice, clear vision for the day ahead. And, you know, we don't always get there, but three non-negotiable tasks seems pretty manageable on most days. So at the end of the day, you're going to look ahead, write down the three things that are, that are going to be key tasks for you the next day, shuffling those inbox or emails around within each subfolder, depending on, on how th- things are going, maybe things are getting reprioritized. And then you're going to feel like I think you've got a bit of calm and a bit of organization. And then when you turn on your your computer the next morning, sit down, you've got in your head kind of what you want to achieve. I think that that really is quite helpful. And uh, for most in-house teams, if not all, honestly, every day can look different and it can be so hard to plan what's going to come at you. And you do have to prioritize and reprioritize multiple times throughout any given day. That's the nature of the job. It's the nature of the work. It keeps things exciting, uh, but you know, you have to be constantly shifting priorities and expectations and managing multiple balls, it's, it's the nature of the work. And using these types of tools and techniques is actually probably fundamental to being successful in-house and managing so many matters for so many different internal departments, internal colleagues. The last thing I'll say on the inbox is to use color coding and to also make use of subfolders. And I go down three levels in some of my inboxes. 
and the colors change shades as they go down into subfolders. I'm going to take a picture of this and put it on Instagram at the in-house lawyer so that you can see what I'm talking about. But I think it just really helps visually to, to see different projects or different batches of work and then to have subfolders so that when you need to find work again a year, two years from now, you can go down and, and really hone in on, on what you're looking for. To be fair, the, the Gmail search function is pretty phenomenal, but uh, I always like to have nice, neat folders so that I can not waste time and go back to what I'm looking for. Okay, so that's enough on inbox. If we look to our calendar, I've got some tips and tricks here. The first thing I'll say is that you shouldn't automatically accept every meeting that gets dropped into your calendar. There really has to be a threshold with which people need to meet to take some of your time. Because as we know, it's limited, it's finite, and you best believe that you're going to take half an hour, an hour out of your day to attend a meeting if you're going to add value. So the first thing I always look for in a meeting request is an agenda. I know it sounds pretty basic, but Different people have different styles and an agenda is, is fundamental to understanding what the meeting is about and it only need be one or two bullet points. Perhaps it's obvious from the subject of the meeting and you don't really need an agenda. I mean, use your discretion. But if I really do get, it happens from time to time, perhaps a meeting request for half an hour with a product manager and the subject might be a potential product update. Okay, well, that's, that's exciting. Something's happening. But can I please have a little more detail? What is this in relation to? And what are you looking for from me? Because then I can come to the meeting prepared, having already thought about some of the issues that we might need to discuss and not starting cold when I arrive in the meeting, which is wasting time. But also what happens often is that I'll, I'll reach out, hey, thanks for the invite. Can I have a little more detail here so I can prepare and, and come to bring value? The person will respond and suggest that this meeting is to discuss a new product B to be uh, delivered in quarter three. And uh, the question is any change to sales contracts required question mark. Now, I instantly understand what they need from me. And in fact, it's not a meeting. It's an advice. It's an email. It might even just be a paragraph. It might be, hi, here's the things to think about when we need to update our sales contracts to include new service schedules for new products. 30 days notice for customers, six weeks for customers in Germany, as is a, a real example for, for my work. That might just be that and I've saved half an hour of my time and their time and the collective cost of that time in terms of our salaries is a couple of hundred bucks probably and there you go. That's maybe a more efficient way of managing what they really needed from me. Now, look, I say this from someone who's experienced in the business, middle management, people manager, who I, I suppose I've got a little bit of sway to, to push back. If you're junior and you're starting out, it can come, how do I say this? I think you've just got to pick your time and your place to ask for more questions and to assert the boundaries that you're trying to place upon people. There's, there is a level of deference that's required. There, there is corporate hierarchy. The, the, these things still exist. And I think you just want to tread carefully in the way that you might do this so that you, you didn't intend to offend. But by all means, ask for more detail, but also 
sometimes you might just have to go to the meetings when you're starting out and that's okay as well. I'm saying this really confidently and I just want to give context because I am in a position of more seniority and I'm not sure how comfortable I might have been doing this when I was starting out, but give it a try. See if, uh, see if that's the way. At the end of the day, you're not trying to be rude. You, you really are trying to save time and be very efficient. And I think the business always appreciates that. Another thing that I use my calendar for is to mark the key service level commitments that I have for particular work, particular matters. So at Megaport, we give service level commitments to everyone in the business for all new matters. Essentially, they will uh, launch a new matter in Ironclad, our contract lifecycle management tool. And depending on the type of work, they will get a, a service level commitment that we will turn this around within three business days, five business days, two business days, or, you know, if it's an NDA, you're going to get that sucker back in 24 hours. That is the commitment that we've made. And we report on that to the business and, and we uphold that commitment. But I mark those three business days in my calendar so I can see looking ahead for the week and sometimes into the next week, what are those non-negotiables? Because I want to hit that commitment. You know, that's my KPI and I need to report on it. We, we've got to hit 100%. So let me write down that just as a, as a five o'clock meeting or maybe it's at the top of, of the, the calendar that, you know, matter A due today, matter B due today. And that's just going to help me plan out ahead and not miss anything because I do value hitting that target. So that's a little trick there. And lastly, a key one, don't be afraid to schedule contract review time. You know, those chunky time consuming matters where you know you're going to have to turn off inbox, turn off Slack, hide away, put your phone on silent and read a contract, a really really new one, a really long one, a tedious one, a really complex one. You just know you're going to need to focus. Put that time in your calendar. Mark out the hour, book yourself a meeting room, print it off or take your computer or your laptop and go there and do that work. Then make that appointment with yourself as if you would anybody else. And then you show up and you're going to do that work then. This has so many benefits. The first one is when inevitably, you know, if it's a chunky piece of work and it's something that's with you, the, the business will ask, hey, when, uh, when can I get back on this? Or, hey, have you had a chance to look at that contract? And you can actually definitively say, uh, yes, I've scheduled that time uh, three o'clock today and I should be able to knock that over and get back to you by the end of the day. And they're going to really appreciate that you've got such specific, 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 hmm, specificity, specificity. Mm, no, you know what I mean. <laughs> You're being so exacting. Let's go with that word. And also when you get there, three o'clock, you've shut everything down, you rock up, ugh, but you've procrastinated. You just don't want to do it. That that is the moment of discipline. You've set aside this time. You've made a meeting with yourself. Now is as good a time as any to do this difficult work. If you're procrastinating, there's probably some fear there. In my experience, there's fear of this is new. This is scary. I don't know what to do. I'm a bit a bit worried about my how I'm going to attack this. There, there's something there that's a blocker mentally and that's creating that procrastination. So get curious about that and uh, and also just do it. 
to start, feel the fear and do it anyway, as they say. I always just give myself 10 minutes of anything hard, including exercise, to be honest. I just say to myself, you only have to do 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, that's fine. If we don't want to continue, then we don't have to. And look, nine times out of 10, I continue and I actually get it done. And it wasn't as scary or as or as intense as I thought it might be. I just needed to start. That was the difference. That makes all the difference. So you put 10 minutes in, you say, I'm going to start. You open the document, you read the first page. And then before you know it, you're, you're, you're in there, you're, you're in, you're learning, you're starting to clarify what needs assistance from, from other parts of the business, what you can answer on. Maybe you do need to brief this one out to external counsel because it really is quite complex. But whatever is going to become apparent once you start the work is going to become apparent. And that key is just to start. So schedule the time. And then show up to your commitment that you made with yourself. Now is as good a time as any. When it comes to admin tasks and just some of those more tedious bits and pieces that aren't really difficult but can add up, I would suggest batching that kind of work and doing the same kind of repetitive work all at once. And remembering that a stitch in time saves nine. That's something my grandma used to say. And it's so true. It might be that you have to code your receipts or your expenses, or you you might have to look through leave requests for your team and just update a a team calendar or whatever it might be. Do it as it comes in and it's not going to add up and, and seem insurmountable. But then if there are things that you need to do regularly and and you, you can kind of let them pile up because they're just so small and it makes sense, set aside some time and batch it and, and just do it all at once. And then, I mean, this could be invoice review, um, you know, it, it could be checking through longer term goals, batch it up and save time. And this is my last tip for time management. And this one is actually more around mindset management. When it comes to interruptions, this is something that I had to get my head around working in an open plan environment. And of course, we've been working from home fairly much most of the last two years, but things are changing. And before things were at home or even during those periods where we were in the office, you get interrupted. I think what happens is that people see you and they go, oh, that's right. I needed to ask Mel about X, Y and Z oh, that's right, I had that legal contract and I'm not sure what to do with it. So you're a beacon and and you remind people and they come over to your desk and they have a quick question. Don't we love it? And I found myself getting really frustrated with these interruptions because I'm thinking, I'm trying to work. Can you see that I'm not intently looking at my screen or reviewing a contract or doing something very serious and legally? (laughs) No, they can't see that. What happens when people see you is that they feel that you're available. And so they come and they they say, hi, Mel, do you have a moment? And that is actually the very nature of the job. It is our job as in-house lawyers to be available and approachable and there when the business needs us. Oh, it's just started raining and thundering. Uh, so if you can hear that, then that's what that is. But let's continue. Let's hope it doesn't flood like last Sunday. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I won't get off topic. So I think when we when we shift our mindset from like being irritated by interruptions to actually like, oh, this is the job. Literally, this is my job to be available, to turn around and engage with this, this human, my colleague, 
and be friendly and smile and almost in a thanking way for giving them giving me the opportunity to do my work and to do it well the fact that they come to you and they want to engage with you says that you're doing something right they feel that you are approachable and they can come to you with what they think might be a silly question because there is no silly question and if someone's coming to you and asking for clarifications there's so much to be learned from that you can learn what process might need to change or what you need to update on a, on a document or on a knowledge base confluence so that it's clearer to them. You might be able to update an FAQ page that you might have to add the question because maybe they checked and they couldn't find the answer and that's why they had to come to you. But also it might just avoid further confusion. If they check for two minutes with you now, it's going to avoid a whole heap of headache if they do it wrong and waste their time or waste your time and just create frustration. So look at it as a good thing, these interruptions, and think to yourself, look, I'm at my desk. I'm ready and available to be interrupted. And if you need to do that deep work, then I would suggest you book out a meeting room, go to another part of the office, or if you have a hybrid or flexible arrangement, work from home that day and then you can you can shut yourself away and, and do that deep focused work because that is a big part of our job as well, of course. The attention to detail is and, and being so thorough is uh, is fundamental. So balancing those two things in an open plan environment, which most of us probably do work in, can be a challenge, but that mindset shift really helped me, to be honest. And then my colleagues get a nicer reception, not a passive aggressive, like, yeah, what? (laughs) You know the type. We've all experienced that. So that is me on time management, inbox, calendar management, a bit of a deep dive. I hope that that's brought some value. Please let me know what you think of this deep dive random little drop on a Sunday afternoon because if it is well received then I can do more of these there's no no problem with that whatsoever I've got so many great ideas from the community so jump on my Instagram at the in-house lawyer or you can message me on LinkedIn I don't mind wherever I'm I'm everywhere (laughs) happy to chat as always let me know what you think thank you for listening we'll be dropping the next interview on uh what is that Monday week? So another eight days from today. Have a fantastic week and thank you so much for listening.